Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a live, first ever live version of the Life Leadership Equal Shooting Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lovell, along with Dwayne Mathis. We have a special guest, uh, Coach Dwayne Orr, is coming back on the podcast for our first live uh, version tonight because Coach Orr is our most listened to podcast in the last four months. Um, if you listen, you'll hear his passion. I encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 13, uh, where we talk about developing your purpose as a leader. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the value of changing as a leader. Before we do that, though, we have some thank yous and quid pro quos to take care of. First and foremost, we need to thank Coach Nate Elba uh, for providing this opportunity to work live through his website, uh, Clinic dot chiefpigskin.com if you're watching this uh, it's because of coach Alba's generosity to work with us we met coach a couple years ago through his clinic and uh, tremendous value in the product that he provides and so I really encourage you to check out what he has to offer for coaches uh, through his online clinic is tremendous um, he in fact after tonight uh, tonight's episode at 10 o'clock we're going to uh, leave and he's going to jump on and do another live uh, live airing. Don't miss that. Um, this is a new format for us. It's a couple things. Just be aware there might be some glitches. And if you're listening to the podcast and not the live version, you're getting the edited version. All right. Uh, we are going to cut this off right at about 50 minutes. Uh, we don't have a lot of wiggle room there. So stick around um, and listen to Coach Nate Elbaugh after, um, after we're done. Um, we know that when you leave this podcast, you're going to feel refreshed, regenerated, uh, repurposed, if you will, as a leader. Uh, the guests we have on here are a tremendous value. Um, we're not going to waste your time. We're going to give you things that you can use and put into effect immediately. And really, it all comes down to you, what you're willing to do, how you're willing to do it. Uh, will you change? Will you adapt? Will you be the best version of you? And if you're listening to this, we know that you take your leadership role seriously. So let's get this party started. Here we go. So let's bring in our guest, Coach Dwayne Orr. Uh, really appreciate you jumping in tonight. What, a, what an incredible opportunity for us to get back together. Now, we know that you have the most listened to podcast in the last four months here. And, and so uh, that's an honor, and it's also a statement to who you are. And so that's why you're here. That's why we wanted you back, because of the value of your experience, your passion, um, and everything that you represent as a person. Um, and so really just we're honored. And so when we talk about the subject of, of changing as a leader, you've had change in your career and, and it's, it's been physical and it's also been emotional um, and, and mental. And so, you know, I guess the big question is, how do you know when it's time to change? Let's just talk physical location right now. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I guess, you know, first I would just uh, really – Kind of emphasize, uh, you know, the 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 importance of of recognizing that change is imminent, uh, that it is necessary, that it is a part of growth, is really really important. And I think there are uh, indicators, you know, all throughout society right now of uh, you know the need uh, to uh, to change uh, to change. Things that have maybe been long-standing uh, in terms of, of beliefs and thoughts and things of that nature, let, let alone actions. 
Uh, and uh, so we are at a, you know, a real crossroads as, as a country. And, you know, every time a, a change opportunity occurs, uh, it's just a great opportunity for growth. And, you know, that's what I really believe. I, I've got a lot of faith in, in, uh, in, in the people of this country and uh, in, in the, the, the values and the ideals of, of the, the framers of our Constitution. And uh, we're going to emerge from all this turmoil, a much stronger country than we ever were before. But we really do need to recognize that it is a time right now for change. And uh, th- I think that is kind of the, f- the first the first real step in the change process is, is there's there's got to be an awareness rather than a stubbornness or 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 a refusal to uh, to consider, uh, you know, a, a, a something different. And so, you know, uh, once once there's this awareness, then, of course, it can't just stop there. There has to be an adjustment. There has to be some sort of action. There has to be a change uh, in behavior. And then, you know, I think there's there's after the fact, there's there's assessment of, you know, where where has this adjustment now taken us? That's just, a, a you know, I guess a few thoughts to just highlight the importance of change. Now, Coach Lovell, you, you asked about you know the physical aspect of 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 change, and uh, in, in like are, are you are you like referencing moving or? Yeah, changing changing jobs. Like, how do you know when it's time to to move on from a from a spot? Mm. Well, you know, I uh, I've made a few of those uh, throughout my career, and each one of those has been, uh, you know, difficult, but yet an important step along the journey of, of, you know, who I am, uh, and hopefully better today than I, than I was yesterday. Um, you know, obviously the physical aspect of it, I, I can remember, um, I had just, uh, finished, uh, and actually, um, uh, built a house, uh, with the help of some friends, did a lot of the, you know, the, the work myself and, and uh, the mud on the drywall was hardly even dry when I was accepting a position up at uh, Cedar Rapids Kennedy and, and left my hometown of Columbus Junction, where I, I guess I really thought I was going to kind of live and die and, and, and never really, uh, you know, make an adjustment or move from there. But uh, it was, uh, you know, that move was precipitated purely by uh, curiosity and interest in, in just wanting to uh, try to. Uh, to grow as a coach, to grow as a, as a, at the time I was a guidance counselor. Um, but wow, what what a what a job it was to you know pack up you know not only belongings but tools and uh, you know to sell a house that literally the the paint was still was still drying on it when I when I sold it and and that was hard that was hard emotionally because I put an awful lot of time uh, in, into into there and then when I moved from Cedar Rapids over to Council Bluffs. Um, my gosh, we had a small convoy of vehicles to, you know, load up all of our belongings and haul them over there and, you know, not, not break family heirlooms and and things of that nature. But, um, you know, uh, the move, the physical aspect of moving, you know, was really secondary to the emotional aspect, you know, and I think everywhere I've been, I've left a little bit of me. Um, but I've also taken, uh, a lot of where I was and, and, and applied it. And, and, and I mean that, you know, there are lots and lots of, of really positive and good things, things that, you you know, you'd love to go back and redo. And 
and uh, and be able to experience again. And then, you know, a few things from each stop along the way that you'd kind of like to, uh, you know, be able to redo differently uh, mm-hmm. and, and have have some choices back and things of that nature. So there's a little bit of, you know, kind of the it's a it's a grieving, but yet also a regeneration process every time you make them. Coach, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, moving on and, you know, sometimes, you know, the other side of that flip side of that is, um, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know, when you when you're thinking about moving on in that process kind of deal. But uh, would you say, you know, some people would say when you don't want to look for other opportunities that you're settling. So is settling sometimes safe? Is it is it sometimes probably the best situation to stay in? Well, Coach, that's a that's a real complicated question because I don't know that you really ever know that until years and years down the road, and then even then, you, it's it's really hard to look at a decision in a in a vacuum, and and not you know experience or consider the variables that are a part of every day. You know your your choices that you make every day moving forward. I think you know you you just got to make decision the best decision you possibly can with the information that you have. And as long as you're, you're true to the principles of who you are and what you believe in, then, then I think you can, you can always find a way to reconcile decisions that, that maybe didn't work out the way you wanted them to. um, Because at the time you were making the decisions based on, you know, the the best you could with what you had to at the time. So, um, you know, settling is, is something, I guess, coach, I'm from the era where, uh, you know, my high school football coach was a high school football coach for, you know, for decades. And at the school where I graduated from, it was the only head coaching job he ever had. Guys, I just I don't know that you're going to see a whole lot of that anymore. You know, I don't know that those guys ever settled. I know Ed Thomas never settled for Parkersburg because one of his favorite things he ever said was, you know, uh, remember where you're from. I mean, he he wouldn't have traded that job, and I know he had the opportunities to. He had opportunities to trade that job and go coach at the college level, and uh, so I, I know those guys would never use the word settling for their decision to stay in in a single community or 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 maybe you know just a, a very few, maybe in a, just a couple of communities uh, throughout their entire coaching career. But there's a little bit more of a transient nature to coaching now. Um, the um, and we had you know, Randy pressures Jackson on. We had Randy Jackson. Sorry, and, and he had over ten moves in a in a short period of time. I can't remember the exact number that he had, Tim. But uh, you know, he he talked about just how tough that was on his family life. You know, and yeah, and it, you see that more and more though. It's a rarity that you see coaches that you know are out of school for. For 30 years. You know, I, I think yeah. of, you know, Jim Carver at Albernet. you know, he was, Oh, absolutely. you know, he was there for three decades kind of deal. And yeah, uh, you know, you, that's just a rarity now, coach. You know, it is, it is. And not that I, I think it's impossible. Um, but again, you know, those coaches excelled in the era in which they were, you know, were, where the, when they were coaching, and um, errors change, uh, just like residences change, jobs change, errors change. And 
I just don't know that I would expect, you know, it's possible, but I just wouldn't expect that. So I think uh, from your listeners out there, uh, you know, I, uh, I, one thing I would, I would urge them all to, to keep in the front of their mind. Um, And I ran into this quite a bit in the latter part of my coaching career. Um, But try to avoid, not, not try completely avoid having one foot in and one foot out of a job w- when you take that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the kids, the program, it deserves you being totally bought in and totally there in that moment while you're there. And if you feel like you can't be totally in uh, in that position, then I think that's one of the things that should be, you know, kind of uh, on your shoulder whispering in your ear that maybe it is time to look uh, you know, somewhere else, because wherever you are at that time is where you are. And and that's the only moment in time that that or that the only window of opportunity for those kids, whether it's high school or college, they deserve your very best. They deserve to have both feet on the ground there with them. Well, Coach, you make an that's where... Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. It's all you, man. No, I, I think you make an interesting point there because I've been in positions where you know, when I when I took the, the Clark job, you know, I was at Denison and, uh, you know, it's when you are applying somewhere and it, it's very easy to detach yourself from where you're at currently. Like, you know, sometimes you because you're already thinking of the what ifs and if I get this job, I want to be able to hit the ground running and I want to be able to, you know, have this, this, this and this and this in place. And so it's off to a, a great transition into that role. And so it's sometimes, you know, I really believe that even though as much as we love to be able to multitask, you can't be in two places at once. Right. You can't be, uh, you know, thinking about being the head coach while you are a coach over here kind of deal. And I I just think it's a really impossible task to to do that. The best the best training to be a head coach is to be the very best assistant coach on either sideline every Friday night or Saturday afternoon. That's the best training to be a head coach. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, if, if, if someone is, is there and, and, uh, and trying to prepare themselves, you know, that being first and foremost in their mind that they're trying to prepare to be a head coach, then I think they're going to be missing all kinds of things along the way because their responsibility in that program at that time is not to prepare to be a head coach. That may happen. Um, Honestly, guys, in my uh, 32-year coaching career, I think I was an assistant coach for, let's see, you know, I guess I'd even have to figure, I don't know, but for for the, the vast majority of my coaching career, I was an assistant and, and uh, extremely happy in that role. And uh, so I, I think that's an important aspect for your listeners to, to take away from this program is be where you are, be focused on the people that you're serving in that program, be true to that program and have both feet on the ground there. Yeah. And Coach Alba, who we had on the podcast and who's hosting this for us, I thought said it really well. He was a head coach for 11 years and and is is now an assistant at a, at a school outside of Springfield. He said, do you want peace yeah, or do you want significance? 
Yeah. And if you if you want to be significant, name in the paper, name in the lights, uh, and that's not to diminish anything from no. a, a, from, from a standpoint no. there, but that's the head job. But it comes with that is a lack of peace, and that doesn't mean not contentedness, but well, lack comes, of you know you don't sleep as much. You got a lot more in your plate. Price. Yeah, yeah, and so when when you're when you're in your job, when whatever position you're in, let's say you're a manager of a company, you're the head coach of this program, and, and things are moving along smoothly, um, and and you're just humming along, and all of a sudden there start there start to be some red flags, and uh, and and you're not quite sure if it's good or bad in your um, experience. What are the red flags that that should give people pause to go, hey, maybe. Maybe I need to start to reevaluate the support. Uh, maybe it's time to think about moving on. Uh, what are what are some of those things that maybe you've dealt with, or, or things that you you know are true? Well, that's coach level. I, I, I appreciate the uh, you know the opportunity to because I think I think there are some things, and 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 in fact. I'd probably mention four or five different things that I think uh, are those red flags that one really needs to be on guard for. First and foremost is, are you having fun? Are you having fun? Do, do you enjoy it? Um, my, my best years coaching, um, I think coincidentally also translated into, uh, you know, uh, the, the most enjoyable experience for the kids uh, it, when you're when you're having fun, when you enjoy going to practice. Uh, practice should be fun. Practice should not be drudgery. Um, I, I loved practice. I loved uh, you know uh, setting the tone at the beginning of the practice. This is what we're going to get better at today. This is the emphasis today. You bring it. Let's go to work. And at the end of the practice, you know, uh, especially at uh, when huddle came along and we could evaluate practices and, and tape practices, we, we would always start the next day looking at the previous day's practice and looking at the progress that we made. That's fun. That's really fun. You get it's very gratifying. Leaders not only our country but the world. He said, you know, one of the most important things to remember as you're embarking on your careers is to f- is to find fun in your work. Make your work fun. That's when you're going to be the most productive. So. I think that's first and foremost. If if it's not fun anymore, then you need to evaluate why and and can it be fixed or or is it is it is that just a key indicator that it's that it's time to move along? Secondly, I think um, uh, you, you should have this prevailing sense of value that that you're valued, that that you're important, that you're respected, that uh, you matter. And, you know, that there's a lot of different stakeholders in a football program. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, administration comes to mind, upper administration. You've got school board, uh, but also, you know, the players. I mean, you, there's certain vibes. We, we used to say feel the love. Can You know, you, you got to feel the love from, from the players, you know, you, and you can tell by eye contact. You can tell. I used to be able, I pointed out to our players that just within the proximity of our huddle. Now, now, now we've got this social distancing thing that's compromising all that. And we've gone to offenses where, you know, we, we don't huddle anymore, which is one of my, that's all that's subject for another program, coach. Have me back. And I want to talk about the value of the huddle in American football. 
Um, I, I, I hate to see that go. I, I don't care if we can run 15 or 20 more plays, but 10 of them aren't going to go well anyway. So, uh, you know, let's huddle and let's get guys back together and huddle looking at each other and let a leader become a leader. Anyway, um, you know, pl- players and parents, you've got, you've got boosters, you've got assistant coaches that, you know, may come and go and things of that nature. And, and as high school coaches, you may not have total control over who you're sharing the sideline with. But regardless, there has to be this prevailing sense that I'm valued, that, that, that I'm making a difference and I'm accomplishing what it was that I was put on this earth to do. Um, if if I think a third red flag is if you start to have um, more and more negative feelings uh, that affect just your, your outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I, I have a master's degree in guidance. And one of the things that I can remember very, very clearly from my, from my master's program uh, was that, you know, when you're dealing with mental health, when you're dealing with uh, deviant behaviors and, and things of that nature, which we're always trying to educate and, and, and remediate and correct uh, in the public school system, you're looking for two things. And I would share this with parents all the time, that if there's behaviors that are becoming more intense or more frequent, those are two really big red flags. And if, and if you're having negative feelings about your position, about your influence, about uh, you know uh, those kinds of things, then I would say if those thoughts and feelings are becoming more intense and more frequent, that's a, that's a pretty major red flag. Be paying attention to that. Um, the next one that I would I would uh, really emphasize this got me a little bit. Um, but if if things uh, if things start to affect your health. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you talked about the price that you pay, uh, you know, when you're the, you know, the leader of a program or the leader of a, of a, of a company or, or, uh, the, the, the leader of, of a country, uh, uh of any organization, there are going to be things that really weigh on you. And, and they, if, if, uh, if, if you don't find positive ways to cope, then it it has it'll play itself out in adverse health conditions, and and that is what's you know what's scary. And you know, the, preparing for this podcast here uh, th- this afternoon, I, I tried to look up you know any statistics that I could find on you know uh, heart disease, um, uh, you know anxiety, any any of those kinds of things. And 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 frankly, I saw some things, and I, I didn't really feel real confident in the validity or reliability of that info. So I'll save it. But let's just say this, that any, any leader is prone uh, to more health challenges and uh, more health concerns. And, and frankly, um, in our society, we don't always find the most positive ways to cope with those kinds of things. And, and unfortunately, you hear about the consequences of those poor decisions you know, way too often, but you know, that would be a fourth. And finally, coach, I feel like I'm coach. Yeah. I want to, I want to recap those four things before I think you're going to jump into what I feel is a really important one. 
So for those yeah. of you who are just joining us, we want to make we're talking with Coach Dwayne Orr about red flags uh, you see as an individual in an organization as to, to why it might be time to start thinking about leaving. Number one, are you having fun? Number two, is there a prevailing sense of value? Uh, number three, are you having more and more negative feelings? And, and number four, uh, is your health uh, taking a, terse, a turn for the worse? And that and I, the notes that you share with us, Coach, tie this in perfectly because I think number five that you're going to talk about here in just a second is something that a lot of people deal with, but they don't know how to deal with. And I think you identified anxiety and heart disease, and you see in coaches a lot of those things uh, that tear us down because we get so wrapped around the axle. We can't get out of our own way. We don't take time for ourselves. Um, and so we put ourselves in a downward cycle. And so you know, let's get into number five. And then when we get when we get done with that, I want us to talk about how we can kind of combat some of that stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. You bet. Okay. All right. Well, number five. One thing I was going to chime in real quick is, you know, in the metro area, especially and, you know, being from eastern Iowa, I still keep tabs in, in eastern Iowa with, you know, media and stuff like that. But you know, all the time you see coaches who say they're stepping away, you know, just to whether it be to focus on family. But I think, you know, what kind of the the unsaid uh, issue is is it's probably goes back to what you're talking about with the number four coach is they want to refocus their attention onto something that isn't bringing negative issues to them whether it be you know any of the four or the fifth one that you're going to mention right here you know so I mean and and over the last couple of years there's been an extremely high turnover rate in our in the in that metro area of whether it be basketball coaches yeah. Or, you know, so it's, I find this really, very interesting. Really, really talented coaches, um, really in the prime of their career. And you just, uh, they've been going at it so hard. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, really there's a sense of balance and perspective that suddenly uh, uh, dawns on them and, and uh, bless their hearts. Uh, uh, who can fault them? Uh, because it really has become a 12-month-a-year uh, set of demands that you're operating in. And that's changed, uh, that's changed drastically over the last 15 or 20 years. It really has. So, um, Coach, are you, sh should we dive into number five yeah, here? let's do it. Let's go. Let's okay. go. Well, I... You know, I, those of you who know me well um, know that, uh, you know, again, I guess it goes back to my number one. You know, I, I'm, I'm always trying to have fun. Um, I, I, I like to uh, joke around and, and uh, you know, when it's when it's appropriate, you know, when it's the appropriate time and place. Uh, nobody likes to have more fun than I do. Um, so I, I've kind of collected a series of things through the years. Um, there, there's a, there's a saying that I've, I've used, I don't know how many times, in fact, my kids were joking the other Father's Day. And uh, there was uh, a, a card uh, and it said something about, can you name, you know, something that, or can you recall something that your dad used to say all the time? And, and so my daughter asked, asked Marcus, uh, my son, uh, you know, what is it that dad used to say all the time? And you can still remember. And, and he said it perfectly. And this came from the farm. Both my grandparents were farm. I spent a lot of time on the farm growing up. Uh, but uh, the old saying goes like this. If you wrestle with pigs, you both get muddy and the pig likes it. Mm. And, you know, 
uh, I, I've used that. I don't know how many times uh, to to relate to folks that you know y- you can't uh, waste uh, your energy, your resources. <laughs> uh, you can't. Uh, you, you can't. I, I'm laughing here because, uh, and I don't know if uh, uh, w- one of my old players will be listening. He a- actually is is a late model stock car driver. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, watching him uh, race one night and, and he was unfortunately tangled up with a guy kind of towards the back of the pack. And the guy was racing him pretty dirty. And uh, this player of mine is one of the greatest kids I've ever been around. But I think finally he had had enough. And so he tried to retaliate and, and put a little body paint on this guy who'd been banging into him and putting dents in his car the, you know, the whole race. And uh, it didn't turn out well. He kind of missed mm-hmm. and he spun around and he and he slammed into the wall and 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 really did a ton of damage to his very expensive late model stock car. And so I went over to his pit afterwards. And as you can imagine, his dad, his uncle, you know, there there was a whole lot of, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, grinding in the teeth and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And I and I, I, I didn't really know what to say. So I just walked up to to this uh, player of mine, I put my arm around him and I said, uh, I want you to remember, I said, when you wrestle with pigs, you both get muddy in the, in the pig likes. It. And mm. uh, <laughs> that's good. Broke the ice. So anyway, I've used it a lot. And, you know, what it relates to is, you know, just, uh, you know, a toxic work environment. And um, the, uh, uh, the work environment is, is something that there's a lot of, there's a lot of levels. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, and, and those layers are dynamic. They're, they're changing. They're ever changing. Um, it's the system we have and what, what can be a, a very, um, it, it can be a, a, a very positive situation. It can be a, what we call a great fit, um, that, that can suddenly change and it can change with, um, uh, a, 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 a your administration, uh, a superintendent or a principal or an athletic director. Suddenly there's a change. Somebody who has different uh, set of uh, value system, different, uh, different uh, things that they want to emphasize, etc. There can be a change in, uh, you know, the school board. There can be a change, uh, just a number of changes. I mean, we could spend a lot of time going through all the different things that impact, uh, you know, the, a, a work environment. But if it suddenly becomes something that you feel uh, hamstrung by, if you you feel that uh, suddenly you're you're kind of walking alone instead of arm in arm or hand in hand with with other key people, uh, and 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 you may even feel as though you you've got someone in your boat who's rowing the opposite direction. And that could be uh, any of the aforementioned. Uh, it, it could be, it could be uh, other coaches. It could be, it could be parents in your community who aren't, aren't happy with uh, playing time that their son or daughter um, may be receiving. And so, there's just a lot of variables there, and it's it's it takes a very wise person. Uh, and, and it takes a very objective person. Sometimes you just need to detach yourself from it. But, you know, uh, it's, it's important to be able to t- distinguish 
those things that are worth digging in and really battling for to preserve or to recreate or, or, or to create for the first time. And then when conditions are such that you're just not going to be able to get the foothold that you need, there's not the right people, there's not the right situation, and suddenly maybe this thing isn't the best fit. And, and, and honestly, guys, I've struggled with that. I mean, I come from that era where, and I was an old history teacher, and Winston Churchill was one of my favorite favorite uh, figures uh, from from uh, from from world history for sure. And when when uh, uh, when Winston Churchill said, "Never give in," you know, never, 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 and nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except for convictions of honor and good sense. I got mm. Literally, that's the way I, I kind of uh, you know live things. I, you just never give in. You never give up. You never surrender. You you know fight, 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 fight. Uh, but there are times where uh, you need to step back, and maybe you need to enlist the aid of others that you really trust. And this is mm-hmm. something else that I don't have on my list of five, but it's something that I think you really need to have, and that is a really close circle of folks who know you, who share your uh, values, who share your mission. I think there's still a lot of us that see particularly inter- interscholastic athletics as something more, it's, it's, it's more of a process and more of a journey than it is about trophies, than it is about pins on a letter jacket or whatever the case might be. Those things are all great. And we need to pursue those things because it's a measure of success. But it's not success. It's not what it's all about. And there are coaches out there who share that that feeling. And sometimes you need to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you need to get down to the nitty gritty and be able to have those kinds of conversations and just say, hey, can I just, you know, bounce some concerns off off of you? Can you know, there's some things I'm really struggling with. I, I just need a, a set of ears and and maybe somebody that that can, you know, kind of help me sort some of this stuff out. And that's, that's also really hard to do <laughs> because, you know, the rugged independence, that was such a big part of, you know, um, 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 growing up and in the, the time frame when I did and things of that nature, it, it, you, you risk showing a little bit of vulnerability, but it's, it's still really, really important. So those would be my five things, coach level, uh, coach Mathis. I, you know, there's certainly it's it's not, uh, you know, I don't have a patent on those ideas. Uh, you know, they're just things that I've uh, borrowed and, and uh, you know, begged and, and I guess maybe figured out a little bit along the way. But uh, uh, I hope they can be helpful to your listeners. Coach, can I can I push back a little bit on, yeah. on one of those? Uh, so this is something that I struggle with and maybe you can just tell me. Uh, I need to just uh, stop being so pigheaded and you know wanting to wrestle in the mud. But you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm, I mean, I've been in situations where you know you you're, you feel your character is being attacked, right? And you want to your immediate reaction is to, and even still, I'll be honest, even not even my immediate reaction later on, it's just like you know, I don't I don't want people to have that opinion of me, so I feel I need to to speak up or, you know, maybe even hope that someone else would 
you know, I don't want to say fight my battles, but, you know, you know, say, you know, that's not accurate what you're saying kind of deal. And I mean, is it, is it come down to knowing what hill to die on kind of deal? And essentially, you know, I think you mentioned, you know, when to, you know, fight that battle and when just to, you know, walk away kind of deal. But, um, you know, whether it be uh, parents or administrators, those are probably, to be honest with you, uh, two of the biggest issues uh, that mostly probably I would say parents, you know, whether it be like, you know, people all of a sudden after uh, a Friday night, they send you a, a screenshot of, you know, something a parent said on social media or something like that, or, you know, just to be honest with you, a real ignorant comment kind of deal. And you're just like, geez, Louise, you know, you cover in your, your preseason meeting, you know, hey, this is how you be a great uh, supporter of our, our team, you know, don't say anything negative on social media and all this kind of stuff. And then parents are going, you know, so that's to me is an, a prime example of someone trying to row the boat opposite of, you know, where you're trying to take your program. Yeah. Um, well, and, and again, I, I, you know, coach, I, 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 I wouldn't want you to think that, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, that those kinds of things didn't happen. Unfortunately, social media uh, makes it a lot easier and a lot more uh, real time and reaches far many more ears and eyes than the one blow hard, uh, you know, uh, uh, going uptown for uh, a beverage after the game, uh, you know, says to, you know, one or two people as he's, you know, uh, either coming or going or whatever. Right. Um, tweets and, and things of that nature, uh, snaps or whatever they're called now. Um, you know, they, they do, they reach a lot of people, uh, in, in a hurry. And unfortunately the, the, uh, the more outrageous, uh, the comment is tends to fetch a little bit more of those red hearts and things like that, that people, you know, kind of get excited by and, and motivated by that, you know, so, so they say more outrageous, you know, things that need. So, you know, I, I, I don't have the answer for you in that regard, coach, other than this. Um, I, I think that feeds back into, uh, you know, that number two and number three, do you feel valued um, and are feelings becoming more pervasive in a negative way? Are they becoming more intense and more frequent? And you, you just you just really have to, uh, I think, fight uh, words with actions. And I think your body of work uh, as a leader, um, I, I, you, you just, I, I think you, you just have to rely on your actions doing your speaking for you. Um, right. And, and I, think, look, I think otherwise you're in the mud. You're in the mud yep. with pigs. And it's, it's, you know, I, I echo uh, Coach Lovell's comments. So it's so hard sometimes not to get wrapped around the axle on this stuff because, you know, what the, the average fan or parent don't realize is just how much time and effort we put into our programs. And, you know, a lot of it comes at the sacrifice of our own families. And that yeah, doesn't, yeah. you know, that doesn't make us more special or anything like that. But that's why I think you see sometimes you see people that it's an easy choice to walk away. 
it's an but, easy. But point. here's the difference. The difference is that those folks, their their true in, intent and their interest is, is 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 selfish, and it's it's about you you know their kid or or about them uh, getting some sort of attention, like I say, from getting those red hearts or 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 whatever. Um, you know, it's 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 when people are really committed to the program and, and frankly, you know, as we've become a little bit more transient as a society, um, the, you know, the community's ownership, you know, kind of the, 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 the community just really, um, uh, for example, you know, coming out and supporting the team. I mean, years and years ago, there just weren't as many things to do. And people in mass showed up to support high school athletics. And I think every athletic director in the country would tell you that we're not, you know, uh, rarely ever, you know, at capacity uh, or, or near the crowds. I mean, look at the, you know, the state basketball tournaments. I mean, I remember when we used to, you know, pack Veterans Auditorium and, and now they hang banners up there. So you can't see all the empty seats and, and things of that nature. And, so, you know, back back in the day when when people were um, looking at their programs or high school programs as raising their next set of citizens who are going to be, you know, growing up and in, in becoming the leaders in that community. I don't think they were as quick to um, to point out. And certainly they didn't have the media that exists today, like Twitter and, and, and Facebook and Snapchat and things like that. So I'm going to tell you as a guy who's been shot at and hit a lot of times, I'll borrow that from Hayden Fry. Um, you're going to get shot at and you're going to get hit and some it's going to sting. Um, but I, I just really would encourage you to let your body of work and hopefully there will be those who are advocates of, because of that body of work. And there right. will be. Yeah, absolutely. There will be. Absolutely. There really is. You don't hear about them, but they're out there. They're out there saying, ah, you know, hey, well, you know, let me tell you about about this coach and and what he's meant to, you know, to, to our family or what he's meant to the school or what he's meant to the community. So, well, and like with coaching, you know, most of the times we always remember the losses more than remember the wins, unfortunately. And just like sometimes with this, you know, think comments like that sometimes stick in your craw a little bit more than, you know, the positive ones that are sure. out there saying, Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And because, you know, you always have tons of those and you know, countless times I've had, parents come up to me and or write a letter and say just like how impactful they are. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's just the ugly side, I think, of social media that, you know, we just got to learn to live with and, and, and get through it. But, uh, you know, right. it comes with the job, I guess. Well, I, I want to flip the script because I want to, I want to end this session on a positive note in terms of these red flags are tough and, and they're awesome to have an understanding on, but let's talk about how we flip that script because I think, I think we've talked as as leaders. Your job is to grow, and your job is to be tough and to be driving that culture to get the behavior you want to get the results that you need. And so, going back to that number one red flag, there, Coach Orr, are you having fun? And I think that's a really good way to evaluate: Are you solid in who you are? Do you believe in what you're espousing to your program and your players and your company? And I think that's a really, I think that's a really reflective comment because if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? And and then if you if you still like the job, how do you make it fun? You know. So what are the things that a leader can do to to flip the script on that to to make it fun again? Wow, 
you know, I that that's uh, there's I think I think that's where the real art of coaching comes in. I, I think that <laughs> I remember uh, I think on the last uh, the last episode that that you had me on. I talked about when when I would take my football camps uh, out of town and uh, we, we were at Camp Cedars out in Fremont, Nebraska. And I had this idea that uh, that we were going to have class skits and that that they would have to come up with their I said it had to be clean. Uh, you know, the, it, it had to be presentable as if their parents or grandparents were there watching. Uh, but, but other than that, they, they could, you know, I, I wanted to have some sort of a, of a purpose or a meaning or a thought, but, uh, 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 my guys, you talk about, uh, howling with laughter and something that, uh, if, if any of those, uh, guys are, are, uh, you know, able to be in the audience, uh, either tonight or later on that, you know, they will, they will recall, uh, things that that were uh, that just really uh, made that season, and uh, you know that's just uh, an example. I, I I mean, there's things you can do at, at the at the end of practice. I, I remember I had a I had a, a, a two starkly different players that uh, you know one was a lightning quick, one of the quickest kids uh, that I ever coached, and then I had uh, a, 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 a very large, I'll call him a two gapper. He was a two gapper guy. And heavy luncher. So, what's that? Heavy luncher is what we call it. Yeah, heavy luncher. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, we, we, uh, um, we were doing cross fields or something, you know, and of course the, the large, I never really understood that how we, we expected you know, the bigger guys to, you know, to be able to, finish and get any kind of rest at all before it's time to, you know, to go again. And so, um, you know, guys were kind of riding him kind of hard and, 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 uh, uh, you know, one, one in one in particular. And so I, what I ended up doing was having this, uh, uh, you know, this lightning quick kid, um, put another kid on his back that, that kind of equaled them between the two of them the weight of the one kid who they were hollering at and I had him race. And they, of course the, the, the two gapper, the, the, the heavy lunch uh, guy won the race and there guys hooting and howling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so, you know, just, just little things like that. We used to do alligator drills and if it rained, we were going to not whine about it and things. We were going to do nose first diving into those mud puddles. We were going to slide around, you know. So, yeah, it was a little hard on the equipment, you know, but it cleans up. I mean, that's what you buy it for, to use it up. You know, you don't you don't uh, buy it to keep it shiny and polished and sitting on a shelf. So, uh, use it up. Use it up. You know, we'll do laundry and have fun. Uh, you got to make it fun because – Football in and of itself is a tough game, and it and it is uh, it requires um, uh, tremendous conditioning. It requires tremendous uh, amount of uh, commitment in the in the in the weight room, and there's a lot of of parts to it that can take the fun away if you don't also find ways to really focus and, and, and make it fun. 
Well, I, I think in, in doing that, you move to number two. You provide value. You give people a sense of meaning and purpose when they're having fun. And I think uh, that that is really powerful because then it, it takes away number three. It takes those negative feelings away, right? And then when you're feeling good and those negative feelings aren't there, maybe you start to feel better physically. You know, you're more well, willing to go through the process of taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, right? It, mm -hmm. there, there's no doubt. I mean, that, that, that again, I can't quote to you the exact, you know, uh, study, but I can tell you that it is widely accepted that, that happier people are healthier people. Um, people who laugh. In fact, I love the, the poem entitled Success by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And the very first line of that poem is to laugh often and much. And that's critical. Emerson knew that. He started, you know, one of his best works uh, of poetry ever with that sentence, to laugh often and much. So I, there's no doubt that there are extremely positive health benefits to that. But then when you take all four of those and you add them up, if you, it's all kind of a domino effect. You're not going to probably have that toxic work environment, you know, for yourself personally, if you are doing all four of those things. Right. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch. I, I was just fascinated by the documentary that was done recently here with Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, and and sure. Phil Jackson that last day. I, I'm I'm not a big NBA guy. I I, I just I've just never really I guess followed it as close. But I was I was totally captivated by that documentary and and the conditions that Phil Jackson operated and led that team in that final season. Mm -hmm. Remarkable, remarkable. But you tell me that he he didn't find ways to have fun. You know, did you see the way they were they were dressed coming and going to some of those places and. And in practice, they showed some clips of him, you know, uh, creating fun. Um, Joe Madden last year with the Cubs, tough year, tough year. But he was one that players loved because he always tried to find ways to make it fun. And so I, I think there's value in being real intentional uh, about being, you know, being appropriate. There's an inappropriate time to be trying to create fun. There's, there's time to work, but you got to make time to play. Coach, we're, we're uh, down to about two minutes here. And so I want to do two things. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to make sure that people stick around for Coach Alba at 10 o'clock. But I was also hoping you could read pretty good if you had it ready, ready available for us. I, I could what? If you have the if you have the poem pretty good. Oh, yeah. You know, I, hey, I'd be happy to. I, I'm going to minimize you here on my screen. I've actually got that uh, pulled up here. Guys, this is something that I are you can you still hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead and read it, and then we're going to have to to call tonight tonight, coach. Very good. This is a, I appreciate the opportunity to share this, coach, because I I I actually print this off and hand this off at my first staff meeting uh, with, with my with my teachers. It's entitled "Pretty Good," and it's by uh, a, a, a great reporter uh, from from several years ago, Charles Osgood. There once was a pretty good student who sat in a pretty good class and was taught by a pretty good teacher who always let pretty good pass. He wasn't terrific at reading. He wasn't a whiz bang at math, 
But for him, education was leading straight down a pretty good path. He didn't find school too exciting, but he wanted to do pretty well. And he did have some trouble with writing since nobody taught him to spell. When doing arithmetic problems, pretty good was regarded as fine. Five plus five needn't always add up to be 10. A pretty good answer was nine. The pretty good class that he sat in was part of a pretty good school. And the student was not an exception. On the contrary, he was the rule. The pretty good school that he went to was there in a pretty good town. And nobody there seemed to notice he could not tell a verb from a noun. The pretty good student, in fact, was part of a pretty good mob. And the first time he knew he, what he lacked was when he looked for a pretty good job. It was then that he thought of, that he sought a position. He discovered that life could be tough. And he soon had a sneaking suspicion pretty good might not be good enough. The pretty good town in our story was part of a pretty good state, which had pretty good aspirations and prayed for a pretty good fate. There once was a pretty good nation, pretty proud of the greatness it had, which learned much too late, if you want to be great, pretty good is, in fact, pretty bad. Those are sage words in today's time. And uh, Coach, we thank you so much for, for those words and, that, and your leadership with us tonight. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are. Let's keep chasing life, leadership, and greatness in all that we do. Thank you, guys. Dee, you can stop the recording.